And welcome everybody to our Tuesday morning content creation coaching channel chat. I don't know what to call it. Gotta come up with a good name. But uh, Clover joins us from the Guntuber Academy, Clover Tech over in Texas. Thanks for jumping in. Hi, good to be here. Oops, hold on. What's going on? Where's my thing on? So it worked out pretty good. I hit the live button and then Clover jumped in. So uh, here we go. So uh, we were, I don't know if I missed something last week and we had a topic and I forgot. Otherwise I was setting it up and I didn't think we had a topic. So I set it to ask us anything. Uh, we've done, I think this one time in this chat before, but essentially this is sort of a open notes type of thing. We'll just uh, chat about whatever's clever. I know Clover's got some traveling this week, so you probably got other things going on. Yeah, we leave out what early in the morning headed to Indy, so uh, yeah, we're going to take an extra day and uh, kind of go uh, a scenic route, I guess you could say. So, um, there's a scenic route through Arkansas. Well, no, but we're going to go a different way. We're going to go actually over to Birmingham and then up through Tennessee and Kentucky instead of going to Arkansas, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana. All right, well, I'll start out asking you questions, and then people out there will start saying hey to everybody. But as everybody gets joins us here and we get so started, they can uh, yeah. ask whatever questions. We're here to let's see. We started doing this show about SHOT Show, and we're both nerds about content creation and coaching people and sharing things. And there's a lot to, lot to chat about there. But anyway, we just kept doing the show. Even after SHOT Show, we did a couple of shows after SHOT Show, and then we just kept doing it. So... We do this show because we'll talk about this stuff. I'm pretty sure I'm talking for Clover. We'll we'll, we'll talk about this stuff any time of the day or night. So uh, this is an opportunity for people to know when we're going to talk about it and to bring questions. We've had some pretty good shows so far, um, but no pressure. But if you've got questions, go for it. Always, I'm going to start out with uh, Clover and uh, anything yeah. you're wishing you had this trip that you don't have. Um. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Mm. Anything on this trip that you're looking forward to because you either had it for a short time or you, you're 100% certain it's going to make the trip better? Is there anything that's the that's the uh, the secret weapon this time around? Man, one of the things, it's not... Hmm. It's kind of an open-ended question, right? Like, what do you consider that? So one of the things that... Well, it'll be change, too, over the years, right? Well, this is true. But one of the things that's different this go-around than before is the Airbnb is paid for. That's sponsored, this go-around. And we've never had that before. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. That's the, more of a logistical, budgetary issue you know what i mean like how big of a deal actually is that you know what i mean like does that take any amount of stress over the cost of these trips that sort of thing the, the obvious answer would be yes to that question right um the realistic answer could be something totally different so um that's kind of an interesting dynamic i guess that i'm sort of paying attention to this go around um that being, you know, that being different, of course. Um, no, I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, 
Not really. I mean, the gear that I w- I'm going to be taking, um, pretty much the same. I mean, the only difference is both of my phones are now the exact same model. Uh, I come back from a shot, and my my Galax, my old phone, my Galaxy S10, uh, bit the dust, which I, I was kind of waiting on that anyway. Um, and so I picked up an S20 identical to the you know my current phone. So that's really the only thing is my backup secondary camera secondary phone is the exact same i don't think that's gonna you know what i mean like that in the grand scheme of things is that (laughs) gonna play out and be like oh that's such a relief or you know i don't think so you know but a camera a phone is a is camera or a phone or whatever right so um gear wise i think that's the only thing that's different now you know i am going into this because of that uh, the sponsorship with the Airbnb. By the way, craft holsters. Uh, I need to throw that out there. It's not going to hurt um, to say that because people are going to know that eventually anyway. Uh, but craft holsters is the one that that did that. Uh, so thanks to uh, definitely thanks to those guys and, and definitely go check them out if you're looking for leather holsters. But um, yeah, the, the the approach. I mean, I've got to. I don't typically go into an event. Um, with many, if any, commitments to do videos and booths or at the show, right? Um, and so that's something that, you know, if going into shot, let's say back in January, right? It's like, I had that option, right? And there was definitely companies that wanted me to come in and, and do a video or whatever, but it was more op- more optional than it is now with the sponsorship deal and what was brokered with that deal. Now I'm committed to do uh, X number of videos, right? So like it's, that's what I was saying on, on one hand, it's a bigger picture than just the, the budgetary, you know, the, the money side of the economic side of things is, and, and I didn't explain it well a second ago, but that's where I was talking about it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, I'm committed to do videos now. It's not something where I have a choice. Like I can, I can do them if it pops up and I think it's a good idea or whatever. Like I've, I've legit got to do X number of videos from the show. Right. So it's not you know, the first time I... you've been in that situation. It's maybe the first time with that and any number of them, but you've had stuff that you've had to do before. You know? Well, it's true. I mean, there were certain tasks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, um, so in that respects, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit different. I mean, there really wasn't, even before there wasn't that monetary commitment or whatever behind it, right? Like, you know, when you enter into an agreement with a company and that company cuts you a check, <laughs> right? And you're sitting on that check for what weeks now, right? That the Airbnb's been paid for, everything else. It's like they've done put out all this money and done all this stuff. So it's like, you know, I've got to come through, right? And so that's a little different than, oh, I promised this company I'd do a video or, you know, something like that. And it's not I it's hope not to a, stop by if I can, that's great. But yeah. yeah, it increases the brevity of it, I guess. I, I don't know I don't know how to how to put it, right? But like it's a totally different situation than, you know, oh, it's gonna suck if I don't go get this done or whatever. Like this is way more than it will suck if I don't make the videos happen. Right. Like I've ripped a company off essentially, which, you know, is not going to happen. Let's be honest. But, um, 
you know, I'll get to work done. But uh, it's having that over your head, I guess, where, you know, hey, got to make sure that, you know, this gets done. Of course, you know, when you've been doing this as long as I have, being able to knock out a few videos on a Sunday at NRAM or something like that, not going to be, a, it's not going to be a huge deal, right? I, I don't foresee it being a huge deal. Uh, it's just having that hanging over your head. So, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I'm trying to think of, of approach. Um, one thing that'll be interesting, uh, not really anything new. That's the thing. It's like you go to these shows and it seems like every one, there's kind of something new, like the navigation or, you know, there's something going on that's like, okay, this is, this is new and different, but it's not at the same time, right? And I'll give you an example. We went to SHOT. We had budget uh, the year before that with SHOT. Uh, Rogue stayed with us, uh, and it was their first time uh, on both accounts at, at SHOT Show both of those years. And so this go around at, at NRM, we've got New York Prepper, right? And this is his first time at any, well, he went to Great American Outdoors, but it's his first time at NRA. He's never been to a SHOT, right? So that part, I look forward to that because it's fun. I mean, it's the same as we have in the discussion here, right? This mentorship attitude, the debriefs at the end of the day, the, um, the, um, oh, what it is, the cheerleading, the, the amping and ramping up attitudes and, you know, just the camaraderie, right. That comes along with that. Um, but, you know, it's like, you know, New York Prepper. I mean, I don't know New York Prepper that well. So, um, you know, hopefully that type of dynamic, you know, works well and he's able to accomplish stuff. So it gets one of the things where it, it sounds weird, but one of the things I want, I will be paying attention to is, you know, how well is he doing, right? Um, but that's... So that's something that uh, the vast majority of creators don't concern themselves with. <laughs> I know you do, G. You're, how many times do you come around at, at SHOT or at RA like, how's it going? Did you, you get any money? Did you do this? Did you do that? You know, are you doing this? Right? Like you're interested in the what other people are doing. And not in a nosy way, but in the you want to see people succeed, right? Um, uh, so I want to see the, the world change, yeah. And the right. change agents are the individuals. De definitely like Colt's not going to come along and go... Right, that NFA, right? Like, <laughs> oh, Glock don't care about that. Wouldn't that be but awesome? In, but individuals <laughs> do, and yeah, when you yeah. can see somebody go from casual observer to interested collaborator, you know, participant, and then part of the thing. Uh, and again, that that's my attitude on that has changed over the years as the mm -hmm. industry has realized the usefulness and strategy, you know, the yeah. tactic or the resource of. Uh, individuals so individuals that are standing around going oh shucks are essentially standing around going oh shucks while people are showering money on the people that go okay i'll try it out let me see what i can do so anyway yeah, I, I like to yeah make sure that my friends people Man. that are worthwhile at people in the business aren't just standing around going oh shucks well you know the money's yeah. raining and i'm the same way like you know we we do the, this live and of course you know um, I don't want to say just I've done, but, you know, in the past years with the Thursday night shows and, and that sort of stuff, a lot of, a lot of creators, a lot of people involved with that, with the same type mindset, but, um, yeah, it's not, uh, not an uncommon thing, you know, quick side tangent, not up for discussion, but, you know, just something profound that you said, I like, can you imagine 
the power of a Glock behind getting rid of the NFA. Like, wow, you know, like some of these big companies and what could what could be accomplished with the power of the people in combination with that, right? The boots on the ground and everything. So, and I don't want to get into that. This is our chance. Well, it's totally it's something uh, to think about. Though. Think about uh, safe storage. Think about uh, the difference between everybody cares about everybody and what red flag laws really are and industry uh, not just industry but like manufacturer awareness of that and i mean things like storage uh when traveling for competition shooters that's not necessarily like someone said hey shooting industry you better talk about this it was just people are one talking about it because they are and you know, anyway, I think that uh, there's if we look at the things that are less significant or less interesting to us, we have massive, we, the individual consumer, per person in the community, person in the industry, whatever you want to think about it as, whatever you want to think of your roles are, um, you have massive influence. We don't often do things together because we don't get coordinated very often, but when we do push, things change immediately. Uh, another one I'll use is video at SHOT Show. Uh, trust me, when that started, when there was first the concept, when it was first a thing, it was very resisted. No one understood it. Nobody wanted to be any part of it. It was, a, unless you really, it was difficult to get that concept. Now, not even a thing. In fact, people will accommodate the individual, the, the amateur to do video of their stuff. They appreciate that. And that's not something that was we all said, you know what, we know what's best for the industry and we're going to push this. But man, we essentially did that because it took a number of three, four years. Look how long it took to get, I don't know, polymer guns into the industry and look how long it took us to get streaming well, telephones into the industry. It's an evolution of, of technology and all to an extent, right? Sure. It's like if you think about it, I mean, I mean, th you, know, you think about that in a micro context, right? Covering shows, working with the industry, doing all of that as a as an an amateur as an individual, you know, content creator, right? Rather than a big media firm or marketing company. Um, it, it works the same way if you look at the prevalence of citizen journalists, right? Same exact thing. Like, look at all the little pop-up news organizations that started, they were one-man operations, and some of them still are, right? Um, that have completely taken over overshadowed in many ways and, and certainly given the mainstream media outlets news outlets and whatnot a run for their money right with reporting and stuff um and it's just it's the same way i mean it's it's i think technology high-speed internet especially through cell phones with man 5g was a game changer for sure and i can remember the first time that I ever dealt with 5g was in tulsa quite a few years back i'd got that um uh, that Galaxy S10, which was 5G capable, and and I wasn't even paying any attention to it. We were on a live one night, and you mentioned it, G, on the live. You're like, holy crap, your the camera on your phone is amazing. And I'm like, what? And I went back and looked at it later, and it was just being on that 5G, right? Like, I was getting every single pixel and everything else was coming through, right, with that technology. So, you know, having that power of a good microphone, a good camera, you know, all that thing is, is in your hand. It's easily accessible. It's all right there. Um, creates a situation right that allows you know people to do things uh on an individual level so it doesn't require massive amounts of money and infrastructure and support and employees and and all of that um so yeah it's not 
just wanted to stress that it's not we see that in a lot of different sectors not just you know the the firearm community all right we well we've done gone for 15 minutes we definitely got some questions and we I got a poll going um nra annual meeting the options are you're going and you're creating content you're not going but you would be creating content if you were you're not going and you would not be creating or wait sorry you are going and you are not creating content you're just going as an observer and then the last one is you're not going and even if you were going you wouldn't be creating content so uh feel free to, to participate in that and feel free to leave questions normally we have like a topic we kind of blab about uh or rant about or whatever but uh today it's i didn't know what was happening so uh, we just did a ask anything so that means you're over the show so we've been kind of chatting about clover's trip to nra this weekend but actually this next week here because he's leaving tomorrow um g23 asked a really good question yeah. how would you go about asking gun shows to be media when the gun shows have never allowed media and that's essentially most gun shows you go to because they really hate media they've always have they've been yep. uh taught to hate media because they'll uh, be abused by local media and sometimes national level media and people who just right. whip out a phone and take video of stuff are often could care less about the big picture so they'll just take pictures out of context and of weird things and they'll just do inappropriate stuff okay potentially sometimes but you know the potential is there and that's where the promoters are gun shy use of pun but uh yeah. clover's had experience with this i'll let you I do. First. yeah quite a bit um, I can think of three gun shows that I've done this exact thing and had to pitch, you know, going in on, uh, or three promoters, I guess you could say, rather than shows. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the first thing is to, to realize that, well, the first thing is professionalism. I can't overstate that. Uh, if you ham haw around with your conversation and, uh, 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 and you're all timid and whatever, I mean, it's that elevator speech is being able to get your point across. It's being able to, uh, you know, use professional terminology and talk in that, in that context. Now, don't get me wrong. You want to talk down if you're talking about living in Texas. So I could think of one promoter that's backwoods cowboy, wonderful dude. Right. But you know, if you're not careful, you'll talk over him or talk down to that dude. You would talk down to him really quick, right? Because you you can be too professional at, at some point. But so um, I would say that's number one. And then and you also want to go in and make sure that and they are aware of this, right? It's just pointing it out that there are people in there, regardless of what it says on the door or anything else. There's people in there taking pictures and doing video, <laughs> like with cell phones in every pocket and every hand and whatever, like it's happening, right? So at least with me coming in in a professional capacity, there's some control and regulation on it. Like I know what to do and what not to do. So if that promoter allows you to come in, it's like, hey, I understand that, you know, I can't be filming anybody if they, you know, expressly forbid it. I mean, other than wide angle shots of the show floor or something like that, I can't be getting close ups of people's faces. And, you know, there's, you know, certain things of that nature. Like if, if this person doesn't want me filming their booth, you know, I can blur it out. I can cut that part out. I can do whatever. And just making sure that, that they understand that you're approaching that from a, from a professional manner. Um, and I think before you ever get to that point, it'll be pretty obvious that you're, you know, you're pro gun, you're pro two a, you're not there to, to do a hatchet job, you know, a hatchet piece on the gun show. Um, 
also important to get across that not only this gives this gives a visual to people that may have never been to that show by that promoter or in that town or whatever it might be. This gives added exposure to increase because a lot of these promoters, they have a show every weekend and they may have a show in that in that particular town four weekends a year, you know, or something like that. Right. So it's an ongoing thing. It's not a one off deal. So it's like, hey, you know, if I get some some videos out, you know, from the show, does that entice other people to show up, right, uh, and come to the show? So that puts money in the promoter's pocket. That puts money in the um, exhibitor's pockets, right? And what I've learned from the shows is a lot of the the exhibitors, and, and I mean, you're going to get guys at the, you know, old crotchety dudes at the table with their, you know, old collection of firearms that they don't even break out a camera around them. They don't want any of that. Get away from me. That sort of thing. You're going to have that. Um, but, you know, especially I would say a younger crowd. Uh, if you got exhibitors that are, you know, younger people, let's say below 60 anyway. Um, but definitely if they're, you know, in their 30s or 40s or so uh, or younger, you know, they're pretty receptive to it because they've been around that. They understand technology they understand social media they understand videos they get that dynamic right um and so you know i would say that the vast majority is received pretty well by those people so it helps the promoters it helps the shows it helps the exhibitors you know if it's done like i said in that in that professional professional manner so um i would say you know do your do your diligence know and understand the promoter in the show as much as you possibly can right uh, how often do they do their shows? Uh, how big are their shows? What type of stuff? Maybe even go do recon. Maybe even make a show so you can walk around. And how much beef jerky is there, right? How much jewelry? Uh, how many new firearm dealers are there, right? How many, quote unquote, manufacturers are there? Because that's a big deal. Um, when you you go in there and it's just average collector selling their stuff, yeah, if they're willing, you can do a video and talk about some cool guns, no doubt. Um, but you know, is there a diversity of different things you can do at that show, right? And and that gets into, is that worth your time, right, um, to go and to, to work that show? But um, I don't even, I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was where I was going with that. But uh, well, you're riffing on the, the idea of, you know, well, G23's question was. Uh, oh, that way you're informed when you when you contact them. That's what I was going to say. Do your diligence, no, do your recon. And then that you way, you much, know, if you're going to a show cold, you better know gun shows because that's uh, yeah. a lot of assumption there. You don't know what their show's about. Well, Plus, what if you, you go in there and it's a, just a weird ass show? You know what I mean? Like, you well, and, and if you, show. well, if you call up that promoter, and I and I definitely call them up. Don't email social media. I mean, if you email or social media DM to get a number to start a phone conversation where you can actually have a real time conversation, that's one thing. Uh, but I would not advise having a back and forth, uh, at least not the first time. I mean, moving forward, you could email them or DM them or whatever and say, hey, show's coming up this weekend. You know, just want to, you know, uh, planning on coming, make sure everything's good, right? And they can email back. Yeah, right. Uh, but at least first time, right? Breaking that ice. I would say you need a real conversation. And maybe you go to a show and have a conversation face to face. But at the very least, it needs to be a live, real time conversation whether that's over the phone or Skype or whatever. Um, so I'm going to say that's a little bit. Uh, that's asking a lot because like you said, they're busy and they're super busy at the show. Now, if you catch them at the right time at the end of the show, very right. end of the show, but that's assuming 
they're very competent. It was a great show. There's no emergencies and everything's calm. So you catch them at well, the end of a busy show with emergencies, and that's the last time to talk to them either. Or also, it's I get that it's asking a lot, but it also shows your professionalism and being able to uh, be patient, to be able to dot the i's and cross the t's, and you know, to me, right? Um, so that's, that's all I'm saying with that is, you know, do your, do your homework. And it's just like anything. If you go into that and you're talking to that promoter and you understand the shows, you know, what towns they're in, you know, how often they do them, you know, what type of stuff's there, you know, that says a lot because that, that promoter or whatever is going to understand that, whoa, this dude's done his homework or this lady has done their homework, you know, and they, they seem to care about the show because look at what all, how, what all they know about it. Right. And like that makes a big deal too. a big uh, that's a big factor, too, when it comes to swaying them to go, oh, OK, let's let's try this out. We'll allow them. They're obviously here to help. You know, they understand the show. They understand what's going on. Um, but, yeah, it's not that difficult. Uh, the, the biggest thing and to boil it down into simple terms is to just ask. <laughs> right? Like we're talking about how you ask. Right. Is is the key. But. You know, in very simple terms, it's like most things. Just you find the right person and ask. Yeah, well, that's one key. So, okay, so G23 is asking, how would you go about asking gun shows to be media that have never done it before? So, first off, then, you know that you've got a show that doesn't do it. So, you're going to need to find a person who has the authority to allow it and is interested in talking to you. So, you got to find out if you can. If there's a number of people that have that authority or if there's somebody that's got the ear, you know, depending on the show and your experience with it, if it's a show you've been going to your whole life, you probably already know the dynamic of that. If it's something you've never been to before, get used to figuring that out real quick. So if possible, try to find out the ideal person to talk to. If not, you're going to find that person and there's no strategy for that. That's just get used to approaching things. So, you know, get past that or, you know, get what's the word level up on that skill set uh so knowing the right person is definitely important knowing the right time uh, i was throwing stuff out there just because uh on the tour i would go from gun show to gun show and in my experience i am not interested in arranging things um for my style my way of doing it um and also my time on the clock and what do you call it, like my resources that i can point to uh, give me a little bit different situation and part of it part of my answer is going to be if you're new and the gun show is new that's a different situation than if you're an experienced uh, reputable channel and the gun show has been around the block a few times you're just having different discussions with those different types of people right those different groups of people so if you uh, what i would do is go into a gun show and say hey i've done this before and my goal is to share the the culture and the community your show is, is is awesome, and I'm a, I'd like to take a look around, like everything Clover just said there. And you're going to tell right away. They're going to either say yes or no, right? They're going to go okay, or they're going to go no way, and deal with it. Like then move on. There's either another gun show you can go to, or and be prepared you know, for questions. Right? You're going to get questions. Probably, maybe, but like Clover said, half the time. And if you find the right person, you ask them at the right time, they could care less. Honestly, that's most of the thing at this point. They're not as scared of the internet like they used to be. They used to be as scared of press because press was slow and against them. It's always been against them, I guess, because of our more modern attitudes of media and stuff. But, you know, the gun shows have always Man. been like the fall guy and, and the gun community doesn't even like them. We ignore them constantly. We 
shit on them. It would, if, if, if somebody gave us a list of things to well, get rid of in order, you put gun shows at the top of the list. People just don't enjoy them like yeah. they used to. So they're not used to having anybody actually help them out. Yeah. But that's going away. And they are getting a ton of people that bring out phones and don't ask and just you know help promote the show. And the shows exist because people are aware of them and they know that social is part of that. So anyhow, if you show up and just say, hey, I'd like to check it out, and you find out that all you had to do is ask, and now you're in. Okay, great. Then let's move on to the next issues because that's not all there is. But if it is a dead end, then that doesn't mean that it's a locked door. It just means that you asked the wrong person or at the wrong time or both, right? You uh, you know you need to get your reputations up. Not you, G23. You're you're fine. But you know somebody who's new, let's say. Don't, don't if somebody new to you walk or somebody who's new walked up to you and said, Hey, let me cut your lawn or something. And you're like, Well, let me see if some other lawns you've cut. Oh, I've never cut one before. You know, it's the same situation. So, uh, get some time on the clock, do some stuff so that you can confidently show them, Hey, you know, I'm pro gun, I'm part of the community and I'm trying here to share. Maybe hook up with some of the people at the show, right? Like, work with some gun shop or with some. Oh, yeah, have a coder or something and go, Hey, I work with that person, that person, and that person. They can vouch for me. If you point to the three people that they don't like and they wish didn't even show up, that's not a good idea. But, you know, I mean, like you you can find the right people at the right time. It's not impossible anymore, but don't assume nothing. And they are more gun shy, again, pun intended, than your typical, even a gun shop, honestly. It can be, yeah. they have a lot of stuff going on and most people are asking them in an inopportune time when they're stressed. Think about all the stuff that can happen at a gun show. And when is that going to happen? Tuesday before the gun show? No, it happens during Saturday of the gun show. So asking them something right on top of it. Of course, I say that and I can think of like so many competent promoters that are just so experienced that even in them, it's a chaos. They're like, heck yeah, I can take a question that's out of the blue, you know, that's totally random from this person who wants to do something at my show. Sure. Like they're definitely promoters that are do down with that because it's characteristic of running a gun show, I think, is being able to deal with the chaoticness of randomness of what happens at a live well, event one, with many players. And one event may be to start with a promoter if they're willing to do that and if they have the time. Like, hey, let's just have a little sit yeah. down here, a uh, 15-minute little conversation and video about, you know, how they got into the promoter and their show and, you know, how it's grown or, you know, whatever the case may be, right? And And that, you know, sometimes if you don't have that track record to fall back on, uh, what you can do is you sit down, you conduct that video, that interview or whatever, and you've got the ability to, I don't want to use the word impress on, but you get what I'm saying, right? You've got the ability through that to show them that you do care and that you are going to keep things on a professional level and you, and you, you understand the brevity of the, of the situation that they're, they're facing and they're dealing with. Cause I mean, we go back to it. Let, let's make no mistake. The signs, uh, you know, no video, no photography, whatever, that's for the general public. It doesn't mean there's not exceptions, right? Law enforcement officers are walking around that thing with their loaded guns, right? And nobody else, there's a sign that says, oh, you can't have any loaded guns in here. But, you know, there, there's a point, there's a purpose for the law enforcement officers to be there. And they don't, they're not zip tied with no ammo, right? And so as quote unquote professional media, right? Um, even if it's amateur professional media, it's you're at a different classification. So... You know, don't I guess what I'm saying is don't see the sign and just assume because there's that sign that it it it's never going to happen, that you're not going to be able to do it. Right. Because that sign is for a different. 
type of person than than what you are. But I well, would agree that yeah. I would agree that um, that having some connections inside the show, and especially if you are allowed to work that show, forging and building those connections uh, at that point, because there may not be anybody in the sh- in that show you know from an exhibitor standpoint or anything like that. But getting feedback and then asking those people, hey you know, uh, I'm going to do this. And hey, if you enjoyed, you know, the time that we spent here doing a video at your booth or whatever, you know, maybe mention this to the promoter, right. That you enjoyed this or whatever. Um, and we've had, or I've had, and I know I say we, because with Tulsa and all the people going, uh, I know that's been a pretty effective strategy to have those exhibitors say, Hey, this was added value. Like it was kind of cool to, you know, we made this show for the weekend and we did our thing at the show, but you know, now we got, videos out there on the internet right that not only promote the show but promote this person and shows off their collection or maybe it's a manufacturer of a product or whatever the case may be right Um, and it's just it's added value to those people so if they express that to the promoter then the promoter can become more open to the to the idea they're like wow this isn't costing me a thing it may cost they may let you in for free right so it may cost you eight dollars fifteen bucks you know it takes out of their pocket or, or something like that but you know, in the grand scheme of things with the value it's providing to, you know, the exhibitors at the show, um, you know, in many cases for them, it's a no brainer. So, um, yeah, I think we beat that one to death. Oh, and I'm going to, I could do a whole series of shows. I've been trying <laughs> right. to do a show right. with gun show promoters. So, uh, um, it just add a couple of more things, um, just because I, I dig this topic and I think we'd all be better off with gun shows that are, you know, evolving and comfortable with, uh, online, um, get a press credentials. You can get a press credentials at NSSF for 25 bucks. And it's a good idea. It's a good idea to be part of NSSF. It helps you be part of the community at a national level in more than just the three letter organizations that only see things through the filter of legislation or media attention. So, uh, you know, it gives you a, a solid credential. Uh, you can be NRA media right now is their big national convention, but they have another meeting. I don't know, what's the other one called that happens later on. You can get press, probably a little bit tougher to get press for that one, but you can apply for press for these. Uh, here's a little tip. If you go or not, you can still apply for press, right? And now you have an NRA press credential. Uh, it's a lot easier to deal with people in the gun community when you have an official gun credential, press credential versus, um, yeah, gun or like, well, I don't know, associated press or something. Cause then again, if they're gun shy, uh, to just the press, you're not just the press anymore. Now you're one of us press. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say like for, for NRA, I mean, you can, but you're going to have to show up to be able to get that badge. Right. Otherwise there's really no no way to track that with your NSSF. You're going to have a, a number if you go with something like Palma or something like, um, I keep saying Ciopa, but they changed their name to Ojefa or something now. Um, but one of those like legit outdoor press organizations, right? Yeah, it's, that's going to cost you some money. So that's going to be an investment. Um, of course, the NSSF, like you said, 25 bucks for that. Um, but with the, either of those, you're gonna actually going to get an ID card, right? So I mean, you've got some kind of tangible thing you can show that's that's proof you're not just, you know, saying something. Now I don't know, you know, I, I would think that most people, if you said you were this or that, and especially if you had it on a business card or it was there on your website or something like that, you'll 
most people probably not going to dispute that and go, oh, man, is, it, is this guy really, you know, a member of these legit press organizations or are they just making it up, right? Um, and I would think for the most part, they would be like, eh, okay, if he's, <laughs> he's got it on his business card or she got it on their business card, got it on their website, yeah, okay, they're probably telling the truth about it. So it may not be required. I'm just saying that um, I keep um, – kind of a, a tangent but something i think that that can be important i keep my press passes um every single one for every show i make and it's not really for nostalgia's sake or anything like that but you know when you've got one that's shot show you know press nra press you know whatever it might be uh there are certain situations you get into of course i've got palma and i've got other things too but um there are certain situations you can get into where those those older badges, right, can potentially come in handy. Um, you know, wear that around your neck in a in a badge holder when you approach anybody, right? Just that, and it <laughs> gives off that type of perception. Maybe you don't even have to say it or talk about it or even say anything about credentials, right? If you walk up and you're you're talking to that promoter about covering, you know, about covering the gun show. Um, you know, while you're talking, they look down and it says NRA Press where you made NRM or you made Great American Outdoors or whatever it might be, right? Um, they look down and they see that, right? And it's a it's a subtle way uh, to add to the what I started the whole this whole conversation with the whole idea of professionalism. You know, legitimacy. Yeah, and it's something that you're you're able to pursue. And uh, again, I would say, getting NRA Press, you don't you can go. I mean. I would say if you can go, you can go. But even if you can't go, under knowing that you got there gives you that self-confidence, that awareness that you are press. And that's going to, you know, you're going to carry yourself as press, knowing that you're uh, whatever. So I forgot about the Great American Outdoor Show. Yeah, that's a great one, too. Um, So now we'll move on. But if people want to talk more about gun shows anytime, it's a good idea. Or, I mean, we can, I'll talk about gun shows anytime. Uh, worthwhile fun mentioned that if she was going to Indiana, she'd be marching with the DC Project ladies who are taking a uh, a walk on Friday at uh, 2 p.m., 3 p.m., and they're going to walk from the NRA uh, convention area, which is what the convention center, and walk to the state capitol uh, for, you know, Second Amendment awareness. Um, and you know, to, to flex their First Amendment right to gather muscles. So if you're there and you're interested, the DC project is gathering at 3 p.m. outside the convention center at the corner of West Maryland Street and South Capitol Avenue. The march will begin shortly thereafter. They're going to walk to the Capitol, which is two blocks away. They're going to stay on the sidewalk. They're going to enter the east side of the Capitol. At the Capitol, they're going to hold a press conference in the North Atrium Rotunda at promptly 4 p.m. The topics will include why the ladies support the Second Amendment and meaningful solutions from the firearms industry that make our community safer. I'm going to add with guns instead of safer from guns, which is the you know, message of the other side. I've uh, posted the link to the DC Project's Instagram where they have a, a brochure or flyer you can use to share. 
share around uh, that has a, it's like an infographic with the information and a picture of the Capitol there. And yeah, that's awesome. So there's gonna be, uh, I mean, the NRA show is, it's hardly political, even though it's the NRA because they're scared of being political in front of themselves. They know that a lot of their members don't like that. So they don't. And the members that do like it, they know are just gonna be frustrated and deal with it. So there's the actual meetings that happen where the NRA discusses internal stuff. It is an organization and that's when they do their meetings. That's why it's called the NRA annual meetings and exhibits, but the exhibits is what gets all the attention. So over the years, YouTube has, uh, the, you know, YouTube started to go to events starting in 2010 after some of us uh, introduced the internet to these events in 2008 and nine. Uh, when we started to go, uh, there was only a couple of channels that went to NRA because only fewer channels went to SHOT Show and that was legitimate, but NRA wasn't because NRA, think NRA wasn't if, in style now. In the early internet, the NRA was definitely not in style. So it was cool to not go to the NRA show back in the day, but then people started to figure out that the NRA show is essentially a little mini SHOT Show and you can buy stuff there. So people started to flock to it. <coughs> And as that became a place for uh, a YouTube channel, I'm going to try to be general, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. It was a place for a YouTube channel to allow their, their viewers to congregate around them. And they were allowed to stand there and be worshipped or, sorry, you know, adorned by their YouTube followers or whatever. And they would sell T-shirts out front and they would get kicked out because they were selling T-shirts that said, leave us alone or, you know, we don't like what you're doing in here at the place that's, you know what I mean? Like they would make big, make big shows of the event and use the event as a congregation place and ignore the protesters or if, if anything, go out and use the protesters to uh, count coup for their channel. So the NRA show has essentially been kind of a big mess as far as politics. It's either ignores politics it takes credit for everything that the NRA is just standing there that other people do. I mean, that's frustrating too. And a lot of people don't dig that, especially the second amendment people. So you'll notice that there's very few second amendment people that showed up to NRA ever until just recently when people forgot or didn't probably know about the history of it all. But you know, the NRA's thing is that they're always standing there. And whenever something happens, the NRA goes, Hey, that was because of us. Hey, we helped with that. That was a big, you know, we were a big part of that. And whether or not they were, there's always a perception that the NRA is just taking credit for everything. So there's a lot of 2A people that won't go near the NRA, or at least for decades didn't go near the NRA. So the political stuff at the NRA has just been this like weird attempts to, to do things, but nothing ever got really done. And uh, it's cool to see an event that's actually happening. And it's something that I don't think too many people are going to go, oh, no, I can't go walk down to the Capitol, you know, for a few hours or an hour. You know, it's not like you're asking people to do something where it's a big ask. So I'm hoping that this is a, a what's the word, like a good uh, experiment, I think is the word I'm looking for. And looking forward to see what kind of turnout it gets. Um, when is the show? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Or is it just Friday and Saturday? Sometimes these shows have been getting uh, abbreviated. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. I mean, Friday, it's probably like in the past, at least in my experience with this one, some people show up for just Friday and then, but it's usually a kind of a medium day. Saturday's on 100% full power. And then Sunday will be somewhere between Friday and uh, Saturday. All right. 
or is Sunday less than that? Do what now? Uh, I'm saying Friday is usually like, let's say a Friday is half to two thirds and then Saturday is 100%. Sunday is usually somewhere between Friday and Saturday, like somewhere more than Friday, but not Saturday's level uh -huh. or is Sunday less agree. than that. Okay. Mm, I would say I mean, Sunday starts out low because everybody's at church, but then boom, everybody shows up. It kind of yeah. spurts. But anyway, I'm just saying that Friday, it seems like it's kind of a wasted, not a wasted day. But it's there's not very it's great it's a great ramp up day, so I could yeah. see Friday being a great time to do this. Um, yeah, but we'll see because it's also a big ask. Now people have to get there on Friday and then do this additionally because if they're going on Friday, they're probably either only going Friday or trying to get the most out of the show they can. So it is a big right. ask. But anyhow, so thanks to Worthwhile Fund for mentioning and giving me a chance to rant about it, but. Uh, I only care about two A. So these these shows and stuff are neat, and I really like when people flex their creative muscles or their content creation abilities. We need that stuff. And I'm not going to discourage it, but I care about the 2A stuff that happens there. And it's frustrating when people go $27,000 suit and in the freaking same city for sure, probably in the same building, there's a room where they could go in there. And you know what would it be like if 700 people out of the how many thousands are going to show up tried to cram into that room and say, we're sick of the $700, $27,000 suits or whatever it might be. But nobody wants to do all that. So that's, that's pretty frustrating about the show. Yeah. But there's never any kind of consolidated, like, here's the time to show up. Here's the thing to do. It's just like, you know, hey, you're there, do something. You know, it's like, well, what the hell are we supposed to do? So no one does anything to coordinate or be a catalyst for any of that or fulcrum for any of that. So it's cool to see DC projects stepping up and doing that in a way that, again, isn't to sell T-shirts or, or any of that. In fact, they're probably going to give T-shirts away to try to turn that Kate uh, State Capital teal, right? Right. All right. Well, thanks again to Worthwhile Fund, who does a ton of work out there, and for bringing that up so we could take a section of the show to talk about it. We're actually doing pretty good. We're only at 45 minutes. We've got another couple of questions or comments here. Um, Ting Ting saying uh, she went to a local gun show, wanted to take video, had a person treat me like a FUD. So, because it depends on what you're going to say FUD is, because people kind of use that in a couple of different ways. Um, but yeah, if you don't, if, gun shows traditionally are no picture zones. And I'm trying to think of, is there any, are there other places that are no picture zones? Because something like a car show, it's usually the opposite. I'm wondering if like a comic con, I'm guessing it's the opposite. They probably encourage people want you to take pictures of their costumes or their like fancy first edition or something. Yeah, nah. I mean, anytime, anytime, and I think car shows can even be that. Anytime that you have exhibitors, right? Like it's, it's different if one person owns everything in building and that sort of thing, right? Because you've got one person. The problem that you run into with a gun show is you've got many, many, many exhibitors there. And they may simply, there may be, or there's going to be, there ain't no maybe to it. There's going to be a certain percentage of those exhibitors that it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you say. They don't want video and, and pictures taken. And it offends them that you would even bring it up or even consider it, right? Um, so because like I said, they're not It's not like, Oh, but well, because they're a exhibitor in a show at the show says I can take pictures. They should allow me to take pictures. No, they don't want you to 
video their stuff, that's their stuff. That's their that's their right. And so you need to respect that. So, you know, my my response to Ting Ting um, would be that you're going to get that even if you have, first of all, if you don't have approval from the show promoter to be doing that, then you're in the wrong, period. Um, but even if you have approval from the show promoter and they're on board and the vast majority of exhibitors there, you know, love you being there and they welcome you over to do a video every time you show up, right? You're still going to get those people that are just going to be buttholes about it, right? And so that's going to happen. Uh, and, you know, what you've got to do is just shrug that off and keep going because that's that's their prerogative. That's their merchandise. That's their business. And if they don't, they don't want your help with it, right? That's the way you got to look at it. Like, hey, you don't want my help? Okay, fine. You know, I'll move on and find somebody who does. So, yeah, just go become something that they come to you, and then you can use that as a, a what do you call it, a gauge. Yeah, so if you understand that you've reached something, yeah. and those people start coming to you, or and when I'm you walk saying, past them with, with, you know, from person to person, you are helping, and they yeah. go, "Hey, can you take a picture of my stuff too when you're here this next time?" Uh huh. Well, I've seen, um, I've seen it myself over and over again, where you'll have somebody that's really not receptive, right? And you don't make a big deal of it. You're like, oh, okay, I understand. Not a problem. Have a great if show. If you ever change your you mind, know? I really want to get a video of this awesome maybe, thing. Maybe, like, maybe swap change a your mind, card. Me down. Yeah, maybe swap a card. You know, be nice about it. Be cordial. Hey, I understand. You know, have a good show. You know, wish them well, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then move on. And, and I've had situations where, because a lot of the, the exhibitors that do these shows, there's regulars, right? And the vast majority, I think, of exhibitors that are at shows are regulars on that circuit, right? You we see, the, you hear complaints about it all the time. Oh, it's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. Well, of course it is. It's the same people from the same area. You know what I mean? That set up there every time. So of course it's going to be. There's going to be some new stuff sprinkled in there here and there. But the vast majority of it, there'll be people that's been going to that show for years. So what's going to happen is everybody kind of not everybody but a lot of the folks there know each other so as you go over and you do a video here well maybe this show this guy blew you off he didn't want anything to do with it but then you you know three rows over four rows over whatever you do a video with his buddy and in the time between that show and the next show they've had a conversation and you show up at the next show and you walk by his table and you're like you know it's the guy that shrugged you off and you're nice about it you go hey man how are you you know and they remember and they go hey uh you know you wanted to do a video last time you know you want to take some pictures you want to do some video this time like you know because they've had somebody that now they know and they trust that is vouched Right. Like, hey, this person, you know, is not um, not here to harm you. They're only here to help you. Right. They're going to do things in a professional manner. You know, they just they're relaying their experience to that person. Right. Um, and I mean, that can go that can go a long way. And I've seen that. I've seen that happen on multiple, multiple occasions. I've never seen anybody track somebody down or run somebody down. But I've seen situations where uh, creators had gotten blown off. And then later on, it was like, oh, yeah, okay, we understand now. We get it. We feel a little more comfortable. Let's do this. But also providing alternatives. So, you know, I had, you know, you walk in and it's like, well, they don't really want to be on camera, right? But they don't mind talking. Like, that's a, that's a thing. So, you know, being able to communicate with that exhibitor 
And this can apply to NRA, can apply to shot. I almost apply, never apply default to there being on camera. I'll default to looking at the thing, and every once in a while, you'll get some echoes. Oh, get me on here, you know, because they want to be on there. They understand that it's yeah. promotion or they yeah. just like it or whatever. But yeah, that's definitely a thing. Like, let them yeah. be comfortable with whatever it is you're doing, like Let's, adapt to their mm -hmm. comfort level. I'll make it comfortable for you. And they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, here's what I want to do. Always tell them what you want to do, right? Um, and then, but hey, I mean, we can do, what are your thoughts? Like, what are you comfortable with, right? Because I've had situations where they didn't want to be on camera. I've had situations where they didn't want didn't want me mentioning the booth. They didn't want me taking pictures of the booth. That they didn't have a problem, like, talking on camera, which was weird. Like, you don't want me to show your stuff, but you don't mind talking on the camera. That's kind of weird. Like, okay. Yeah. But no, it, I mean, think about it like a zillion different things. Like his yeah. wife didn't was brought his brother didn't want him to bring that thing to the show. And he's bringing it to the show. Anyway, grandpa said, don't bring that to show. He brought it to the show. Like I don't that's want to take a pictures of my table. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and that's just one of a billion. Like, yeah, trust me. There's a zillion things. Oh yeah. Somebody's like, you know, every, every variable you can think of or every, uh, well, it's all individuals. Yeah. The exhibitors are all individuals, right? So that's the, not, but I, yeah. but I think the main yeah. thing is take it as in move because especially to show there's so many oh, yeah, targets yeah. there. That's like, I'm going hunting yeah, and I miss a bird. Hunting. I'm done hunting. Nope. I'm going home. Nope. Like you're just going to keep going and find another yep. bird. Like yep. keep going. And then what'll happen is that dumbass bird will go fly on a tree and then you'll get that bird in 15 minutes or in half an it'll hour. Come back. Yeah, it'll come back by again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um exactly. all right. So uh otherwise again, we could um, maybe gun shows will be a topic. Uh Glover will be back from NRA. Um we'll probably be talking about other things. But yeah. if you got topics for this show, let us know. We're kind of just maybe I'll be back today. <laughs> like maybe I'll be back. I'm going to take like a leisurely adventure back. No, but there'll be a night stay over coming back. There always is. It's we, I never, I never push like going, dude, I can drive 30 something hours straight. Like I'm a beast, but coming back, man, after making the shows, after working, after having fun, after all the things you do, like no matter how far away it is, you know, obviously Tulsa leave and come home. Right. That's, I don't know, six, eight hours, somewhere in that no, range. No, I don't right? have any idea why you do that. I think that's crazy because Tulsa's kind of cool. You have everybody together. It's always been one of my biggest frustrations is everybody should have. It would have been awesome if everybody would have planned to hang out on Monday also because there's like literally nothing open except restaurants. We could all farted around and done all kinds of projects and things. And True, but you have to have stuff. Everybody's yeah, individuals everybody's and they have to, to work, take time off and they have to, everybody's schedules. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Yeah, well, again, it would have been cool to have, I don't know, there's 12 gun shops that I visited in Tulsa, right? If each one of them would have thrown yeah. 100 well, bucks and that's 1200 bucks pool. Now everybody doesn't have to pay for that hotel because we, you know what I mean? And, and it would have been a totally yeah. different Tulsa if we would have ever found like a reason. I was always hoping to find like a, well, a dude ranch type of thing where you, everybody has their little cabin. I think we almost found something once, but it didn't work out, but you know, everybody would have their cabin. We'd have like the group bunkhouse or whatever, where everybody could get together and have some kind of live stream recap at the end of the night. Everybody could bring people in to do interviews if they knew people in town, you know, and, and really make it more of a, an event that the gun show created, but then it goes parallel with the gun show instead of, you know, anyway, so then, and then turn that into two a, 
uh, summit. But anyhow, uh, you know, that there's, I don't know, I'm just rambling. So let's get back onto it. Ting Ting said, I have a question. My polymer 80 seems to strike a primer a little low before it strikes. Based on the scratch, uh, is low on the primer. Is there anything I can do to minimize that? Uh, man, I mean, one, this is more like content creation, not uh, gun creation. But as far as taking a kit and assembling it and having an issue, I've got near zero start with the diagnosis. I've got near zero experience with poly eighty. So when that comes up, it's like I defer to somebody else. I mean, it could be the pin. It could be the the the. the, I don't know if that's that. I doubt that's a drill or a hole you drill. But obviously, the dimensionality and the angle and everything of that. But I'm sure that's either molded. That's a pretty rigid. Yeah, I would say the dimension, but. The striker is wobbling or tilting for some reason. I mean, is what it sounds like, and I don't, I don't know why that would be. I don't know if you've got, you know, some type well, of long channel. There's a liner in the slot. Yeah, right. Well, actually, well, this that's is what I'm saying. Slide. Is it? This is in the slide. This isn't in the receiver. What are we saying? Correct. So this is so yeah. this is uh, parts yeah. kit or maybe that channel liner, which is a goofy thing. Yeah, but um, I don't know. You someone, don't know where those parts come from. I mean, you don't. I mean, were we talking about yeah, a stock no, exactly. lock slide? Upper? That would be one thing. Yeah. But if it's any number of companies that make that stuff now, could be a, a mixed mismatch part issue as far as tolerances. Or, I mean, you Size, see that yeah. with you see that with other things. Like all AR tens are not created equal. There's two patterns, right? The DPMS and the Armalite. What, can you make those two kind of coexist and work? Yeah. Do they work right? No. And so. I they wonder, fit, but and they again, don't work. yeah, and again, my experience with poly 80 stuff is limited, but you know, if you start, oh, well, I'm going to build this. And so you get a bunch of parts and you start trying to put it together. Like there may be minor tolerance issues that are playing a factor. So, um, you know, I don't want to say run out and get all your parts from the same manufacturer to, to help curb that. Um, but if you want to try to eliminate as many issues as possible from the start, uh, that would definitely be one way to try to go. But it, it sounds like it, there's wobble in the in with the striker. You know what I mean? Like the the channel is elongated. Um, the spring maybe the spring's getting into some kind of a bind under load where it's not um, where it's not straight, where it's got some kind of a slight kink in it or something along those lines uh, that's causing that thing to kick up. I mean, it's there's several things that are possible. So G23 says there's no channel liner, like maybe it's missing. I don't know if it would work. I don't. It's been a long time since I've even played with one, let alone played with one without its with the liner in there. Oh, there but you the are. liner, but no, I was just I was agreeing with G23. Uh, maybe. Well, I just don't think that there's just enough slop. I think if the liner wasn't there, it ain't gonna hit the hole. It ain't gonna the striker ain't gonna go through no hole. It's just gonna jam so, into. Yeah. 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 Because anyway, uh, the thing that I plus know it's not going to hold. I don't think it would even hold all the guts for the spring to work right, would it? Well, all it's doing is poking the striker right through the middle. It's essentially like a, a bearing for the striker, right? It's a, a circular bearing for that right. striker. But uh, the channel liner is a big pain in the ass because it gets it's like a straw, big thick straw that you jam down this hole that the striker goes down the middle of it and it's a bearing it's just a bearing surface for the striker to not have to rub against metal but you got to jam it in there and you could be a spaz about jamming it in there just like anything and peen it over now you got a goofy peen or we know weird smash mushroom shape at the end where it's not supposed to have any kind of shape like that if you didn't use the right tool 
right? The slide it in there and you forced it in there, or you put it in there at some kind of weird angle and again, mushroom it or peen it all weird and then jam it in there. Now it's got a weird wrinkled kink or something, but I think that's tougher to do because you'd have to really be a spaz and a jerk to like jam that in there. So one, if you got the slide from somebody and they're passing the trash and they did all that, I mean, I don't know what the odds of that are very low, but it is a potentiality. The, I think the most likely though, is that someone tried to remove it. And how do you remove the liner? Have you ever removed a liner? Clover? Yeah. Have you ever removed a liner? How do you remove the liner? Well, all of that is a is an assembly. Once you take that back blade off and it all comes out. The liner shouldn't slide out though. The liner's usually crammed in there. So normally you take like a screw or a bolt and you screw it in there and you yank it out. Uh, and it's destroyed by doing that. Well, so you can that... use a pick and grab it on the edge <gasps> and slide it out. Okay, maybe if it depends on the gun, I suppose, right? So they shouldn't well, just slide in there. Well, this is true. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never again it's, it's in there. Aside from factory Glock, right? I've I can't speak to Poly eighty, and I can't speak to the amps and the Kygers and the the whatever other knockoff, <laughs> you know, Zeb, whatever the, the other wannabe Glock models are. I can't speak to any, really to any of those. I've sure. never disassembled. Well, there's got to be third party one, so. liners and stuff with different dimensions. Yeah, some that's sort. what I'm saying. It's I don't know the nuances and the difference. I do know. But essentially, that's back. the thing is we're oh, talking about a big, thick straw jammed into a tube and the thing goes through the center of it. So the part through the center is critical because that's the thing sliding through there. And if you smush it up or get it all weird, you know, the dimensionalities to make the trigonometry wrong or whatever right. geometry wrong. But yeah. the main thing is it gets, it's impossible to remove. Like most people don't know how most people don't. So it either gets cracked or destroyed in there. Uh, and then, uh, or they ruin it or do something horrible. Like you're saying, you get, use yeah. a pick to try to get it out. There's probably some right way to do it, but even in armor school, they're like, it's a X amount of dollar perishable part, jam a bolt or a screw in there, which is going to destroy it, but that'll bite into it and then yank it out of there. And now that one is gone. Hopefully it doesn't crack or break if it's not brittle, right? Then you got, then you're using a pick to get it out of there. But anyway, then you're putting in a new one, essentially. This is the kind of a perishable part that you uh, uh, put a uh, new one in all the time. But uh, Snob is saying he's assuming it's missing. If not, there's probably a tolerance, but see, I just don't know. The, the thing is pretty thick. So yeah. I don't know if you can uh, run it without it. Well, it's an hour. Let's get back to the content creation stuff. Yeah. I didn't know if I could flip over. I didn't. I didn't know if you were here because I didn't know if you were driving already. So I just didn't want to assume and put it on your channel if I was here by myself. Uh, Is that something we can switch in? Let me try to switch it in. Run. I wouldn't do it. In. in oh no, it won't because it's it's already on Twitter. I wouldn't do it anyway. It's okay. just going to catch half of it. So. Um. Okay. But yeah, that's more of a gun question. But we gave it our shot. Um. We gave it eighty percent of an answer. So. Barbecue is saying local shows, gun shows around here are private vendors, small, small gun shops that set up at gun shows. That's it. Yep. Right on. That's a pretty awesome gun show, sounds like. Yep. Um, Worthwhile Fund says, same with legislators. When you are able to rattle off the bill numbers off the top of your head, they give you a look like, oh, she's legit and committed to this. Yep. Right. So we were talking about uh, having some uh, awareness when we were approaching people earlier uh and thanks again to lazy dc project that are doing that since 2015. ting ting is saying my grandmother said not learning something at least once a day is a wasted day 
very wise. I like that. Uh, let's see, G23. If you're in Missouri on April 19th, there's a rally at the Capitol. Uh, and I think he goes on to have a conversation with Worthwhile Fund where he's going to have uh, Worthwhile Fund on his chat. Uh, did he say when? But uh, before the event, I'm sure. And then he's going to try to stream the event. I'm going to attempt to do that as well. Uh, I'm going to try to stream the DC Project event also. So if there's anyone who's going to be there uh, who's interested in streaming, I'll uh, send a link to a live chat. And then uh, we'll see if we can get one or more people that are streaming to cover the NRA one. And then we can do the yeah. same for the Missouri one. Yeah. And then Ting Ting says, if I could go to the NRA, I would. But it wouldn't be for the NRA. It would be because I'm an American. That's cool. You don't have to. Definitely there's no obligation or anything. You know, it's like a yep. potential. It's an opportunity. Yep. And it's not like it's a sure, like, slam dunk. Oh, man, all we need is 300 people in that room and the $27,000 suits are over. No, that ain't mean nothing, right? Like, you remove the $27,000 in our suit and you're probably going to get an $11,000 suit lady, right? Pantsuit lady. Or you're going to get, uh, I don't know, something else. It's not like you're guaranteed we're going to just immediately write the boat and everything's good to go. And it's not like the, yeah. nothing changes anyway. It's just that you can't show solidarity well, and concern without going into the room well what's your goals what are you trying to accomplish right so you know what i hear i, I hear this kind of sentiment and have since indy the last time when everything blew up especially but um you know if you're there strictly for like 2a related stuff you know if you're there just to walk around look around have conversations with with people uh, and you're not there in a in a creator capacity i can see where the nra thing might be a stick in your crawl i get it but with being media first of all you don't have to be an nra member if you get if you go in under media so that's number one right there's this misconception that if you go you have to have to be an nra member in order to get in and as an average person sure but media, no. And so, you know, it's if you've got that stick in your crawl with the NRA, which which I'm okay with if you do, um, you know, just keep that in mind. And, and media credentialing for the NRA, if you do any type of social media, online content, things of that nature, it's not terribly difficult, right? So I would say I would say that uh, that first. The secondary, if you are a um, uh, if you are a creator and you work with product and you work with the industry, you know, you're going for the trade show. Let's be honest. You're going, you're going to talk with the companies and you're going to look at the products and you're going, you know, that's why you're there. It, the NRA is a, is a name on the side of the building on a banner. The NRA is, is, you know, the, the tag line with the advertising and, you know, they're just the ones that are, you know, unfortunately facilitating the the whole thing right um and so you know it's a matter of compartmentalizing do i let the thirty-seven thousand dollar suits of wayne lapierre screw my relationships with the firearm industry companies no like screw that guy like hey 
you know, it's like I'm not going to not go to the to the NRA annual meeting and have those conversations I need to have with those companies because of Wayne LaPierre. He's already on my crap list and, you know, low on the totem pole as far as people I give two flips about. So, you know, I'm not going to let what he does or what the NRA does dictate whether or not I'm, you know, I'm able to do my thing, I guess. So it's it's one of them things where there are certain things in this world that you can allow people to control you or you can be the, the master of your own destiny, right? Make your own decisions and, and weigh things out and, and go. Um, I prefer the latter. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to let what somebody else does affect affect me like that. It makes no sense. It's counterproductive, in my opinion. Now, if you're. You've got a hard enough stance on the NRA and you don't do content creation and you check this box and that box and the other box. Okay, I get it. I get it. But for a content creator that does gun tuber stuff to go, oh, I'm not going to NRA, uh, screw NRA because it's the NRA, you know, and you're missing all of that opportunity with the industry. Well, you're a moron. And I'll stand by that statement. Well, just lazy and ignorant because if they're doing that for all the things you just said, they're just well, hiding behind that statement. That's true. This is true. I'm glad you brought that up. There are people that don't want to say, I can't afford to go, right? And I don't have the capacity to try to figure out how to go. And so I am going to just kick back and use the excuse that I don't like Wayne LaPierre or the NRA, so I'm not going. And I do feel there's a lot of creators that do that. They don't, you know what I mean? They don't want to come out and say the honest, like, I can't get time off work. You know, I, I can't afford to go. I, I don't want to petition companies, or maybe I don't even have the relationship with companies, right, <clears throat> for them to try to help out with travel expenses or other things, you know. And I get it. I get it. They want to save face, and so they use what is a uh, – Oh, you can count coup. It's super easy to count coup on the NRA. It's talk about the most easy. You can sit down your lazy boy and use one of them feather sticks for Dustin and like count coup on the NRA because everybody's <laughs> going to go, oh, yeah, I hate the NRA too. I okay. well, What a brave stance. You stood up to the NRA just like Bloomberg and just like Hillary and just like every other anti-gunner. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah. – um, that's true. They've got a lot. Of, there's a lot of popularity. I guess that's what I'm getting at. There's a lot of popularity to that sentiment that makes it a safe play. If there's yeah. other reasons you can't go. Such to a use boring that. safe play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, who's going to give a crap or even talk to you if you go, man, I can't afford to go or man, I can't get off work. It's done. Right. But if you go, I hate the NRA. I'm not going. Well, here's a whole different conversation you're going to start having. Right with people. Oh, I hate it, too. I hate them, too. I wouldn't go either. Like that type of thing. Right. Okay, well, getting back to it. Um, yeah. Ozzy says, looking forward to mostly to meeting up with all the YouTube friends like Clover, Ghost, Gizzard, and Rokong, the Gun Channels folks. Um, and I thought Desi, Ozzy had been to places before because pretty sure I had, I don't know if I've met Ozzy, but I'm pretty sure. He was in Indy last time. What was that, 19? Yeah, that's what he ended up saying later than that. Yeah. So he's just yeah. saying meeting up again with everybody. Yeah. yeah. And that's Which cool. Is, yeah, that's why I say the, 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 those that's uh where the uh this one particularly but that's where the industry events or the get-togethers for the community are good to you know that's another level that they're good on or that they're valuable but, for but i'll say this meeting up with people is tough if you're there to work the event um i mean randomly meeting people on the show floor 
uh, running into people in the smoking area, like running into people, right? It's, it's pretty easy. That's not difficult. Um, but actually setting up times and trying to get together and meet people during the show anyway can be can be hectic it can be it can be problematic i mean at 2019 i missed the gun channels picture because i was on the total opposite end of the of the venue and some people were tired of waiting on me is what i was told and so even though i was on my way you know i was i was left out and but you know what doesn't hurt my feelings because i'm there to work the show and i was busy having conversations with the company you know what i mean and so it is what it is yeah. um i can also say that uh i see the value in being able to do stuff because being able to go to a thing is one thing like oh i can rise the, i can run the rapids or like i can get on the the thing and make the the whole run but okay at some point making the run is making the run now let's make the run in style let's jump out of the plane and do some kind of cool stunt on the way down and that's where we start to master it and I'm with you, but I want to see it evolve. So, I mean, yeah, for all those reasons, there's lots of reasons why things can't get done, but it is an opportunity and it's a rare opportunity. You only get a couple of them and I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, it's worth the effort to use these events for more than just, Hey, when we say, Hey, cause there's people that are casual, Hey, we're going to say, Hey, or whatever. And I, I'm not going to do meet and greets. That's not my thing. You know, so I can understand that like the whole sentiment there. But as far as, oh man, like I say, there's there's things that we're not doing as a group of people, like a group of friends, a group of uh, content creators, a group of uh, Second Amendment advocates, like because we're all these things at the same time. Uh, when we go to these events, we're going there and it's a certain amount of getting people to where they can get there financially and physically and, you know, usefully, like we're all going there, not just standing there like you know, imagine the power if everybody was going like a bunch of, I don't know, drones or Borgs or something like what we could have accomplished with the with the uh, all the amount of or the number of Wanamakers, the amount of NRAMs, the amount of uh, gun rights policy conferences and then in our in shot shows and the other things. Right. Because there's once yeah. you talk to like the gun channels, people. So you know, I'm not saying we all have to be in lockstep. I'm just saying that's we still have places we can get to. And not everybody's going at the same pace and in the same direction, but you know what, like scouts and supply and, and the airborne and the, uh, the, you know, the Navy, everybody's doing their different tasks, but they all have an overall objective and we're all getting our bearings and we're all getting our skill sets, but I'm going to still challenge us. And one of the ways we challenge ourselves is little tasks, little accomplishments. And that's why, you know, the gun channels picture that you're talking about is where everybody gets a gun channels patch and puts their hand out. That comes from Marco. I forget where he brought it or got it from, but that's been one of the coolest traditions because it is a way for everybody to create an instance that we all, you know, get somewhere. And it's always been spur of the moment. And it's not like, you know, on the way there, we all say Saturday. I think we maybe have tried that. You know, yeah, we we usually more. get a rough idea. I mean, you have to. You're hurting cats, yeah. and that's kind of my point. That but I, that's you know, the thing. I said, it's, I, it's, if you don't do that, not, anyway, so that's part of the accomplishment is yeah. being able to do it. Yeah, like I'm not I'm not butt hurt or anything because I didn't get into that picture. It's just because I understand the situation. I mean, when you've got you know, I mean, there's been times with that picture we've had, what, 15, 20, 30, 30 people in the gun channels picture. So, you know, 
when you've got that many people and you're trying to coordinate at what point do we whip out the patches and take a picture? You know what I mean? Like inevitably the more people that you have at an event, the more people that you're going to percentage wise, they're going to get left out because you just can't herd that many cats at one time. I hear you, but it's still a challenge. And I think it's still a challenge to accomplish or attempt, I guess. Right. Okay. So we're going on to the next one. Uh, then barbecue is saying, Oh, is this a content creation chat? I thought it was a chat about the gun shows. Uh, it's just ask us anything. So we've been smart reacting. Alec, smart Alec. Yeah. Going off on tangents, but I will have gun channels chat or gun. It wasn't. Show it, is, chat. Don't challenge. it has been a creator chat because it's been that perspective on shows. So. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much started revolving around being a content creator at the shows in different ways. Right, Except for right. snob who's eating chopped liver over here. Uh-huh. All right. Um, so I think with that, uh, we're going to wrap this one up at just, well, actually before 90 minutes. Uh, I think I said hey to everybody, at least by flipping them up on the screen here that showed up today. Thanks for joining us live. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I missed this one. Mill Serp saying I would be at the NRA show this weekend, but everything from my old house to Kansas. Plus, uh, you. Let's going to view a house. Oh, okay. Oh, he's moving without a house. I didn't realize that he's moving without a destination. So, yeah, good luck with that. Hopefully everything goes smoothly. Uh, Kansas, be careful of the tornadoes. Not the tactical, um, not the tactical Kansas either, the regular Kansas. Uh, Guns of Barbecue. At least he picked a – he went from a, a state that had no panhandles, like a respectable state, and then he's going to another state that's almost as – Perfect rectangle, very respectable state, Kansas. Uh, barbecue says, what's the, each of yours worst experience at a gun show? Follow up with your best experience. I think that's a good one. I don't know that I've. My, that, my worst experience is probably needing to sell stuff and then bringing stuff and then not selling anything. That's, that's frustrating. And those are probably the. Yeah. Unless I can't think of something like I spilled something or something like that. Um, I, was, I could probably, because I've gone to a lot of gun shows, believe it or not. There's probably times I've drove to Phoenix and had like tons of money in my pocket and then wasn't able to buy something for some reason, like nothing. Because I'm super cheap. So even if I got yeah. a ton of money and something's not a great deal, I'll leave it sit there just out of spite. Right. Because I know that one day I'll find it kind of thing. And I'd rather find it one day for the price I want than cheat and just buy it for more than it's worth yeah. um so something like that might rub me raw but it, i still dig it because now i know who's got one and if i really want one i know where i can go grab it and you know i just know that you know when i do get it it's worth that so i'm not really too disappointed when something like that happens it's more of just a temporary thing yeah. so i don't know what do you consider like a worst experience like what are you even gauge for that i'm sitting here trying to think and it's like a Everybody is different, right? And for me, when you talk about a gun show, there's so much hate that goes on out there about gun shows, right? Oh, all the beef jerky, all the jewelry, you know, all the prices are high, all the bear to bear to bear, right? And it makes me wonder if the people that, that say that are not going into that gun show with a with a weird perspective or maybe they already have a bad attitude, right? So for me, and I've talked about this before, always go in um 
I mean, I know that overpriced things are going to exist. I know that it's very likely there's going to be jewelry and beef jerky and things there. I already know this. So, you know, no reason for me to be upset. You know, I'm going in going, okay, what what is going to be here that I've never seen before, right? Um, where where are the deals, right? If the vast majority of this stuff is, is likely overpriced, not all of it is going to be. I've, I've been to many, many shows, and I've found some pretty good deals at shows, right? So it becomes, you, you take what could be a negative, and you turn that into a positive, at least from, from my perspective. You turn that into a positive by making it a, making it a, a an objective a treasure hunt like i'm gonna find a deal here like where's the deal you know um so you know i don't know just because of the way that i um uh, i perceive all of that i don't know that i've, I've necessarily got i can't think of a bad except one i would call a bad experience um on the the good experience best experience i'll tell you i you know and i'll always remember this one gun show there was one gun show that was held here locally once upon a time, and don't get me wrong, Wanamaker, largest gun show in the world, is fucking amazing. But the um, um, the local gun show here, there was probably man, there there fifty or sixty tables. I mean, it wasn't big at all. I mean, it was a little gun show. It was amazing, um, just because of the type of stuff that's there. Now, it was amazing because there wasn't a lick of beef jerky or jewelry there. Um, but it was mostly like private collection stuff. I don't even recall. It's been several years ago, quite a few years ago. I don't even recall, um, any like dealers being there. You know, how you have dealers like, you know, pawn shop or gun shop and they have all the new guns laid out with the cables through them and you know the whole nine yards. I don't remember any of that. Like there wasn't a ton of tables, but every one of them was, you know, private collection real people and so you know the conversations you were able to have there just the stuff that you were able to see and don't get me wrong i spent some money at that show <laughs> and you would think oh a small gun show with 40 or 50 tables maybe you know probably more like 20 or 30 tables um it was like what could you possibly pick up or buy there or whatever and i did spend some money there so um you know i'll always remember that like you know, we talk about the largest gun show in the world. Sometimes the smallest ones, right, can be the most most fun and the most enjoyable experience. Um, and that one definitely uh, definitely was. And I don't think they've had it again. I, I don't know if that was a random promoter that just popped up and did that one or what. But I know in that location, um, they haven't had it. And it was a great location. It was an old National Guard Armory building. But um I don't think they've had a gun show since, right? So, I mean, maybe they didn't get enough people through the door to make it worth their while and pay for the rent on the building. Like, I I, I don't know. I can't speak to that. But, um, yeah, I pined for that a little bit. Like, I wish there would be another one of those. Because, <laughs> you know, that was we fun. The VFW here had one very yeah. intermittently. I'm trying to remember who the promoter was, but it was almost, well, yeah. nobody, no, show, no shop wanted to show up, and it was all just regular people. But. Mm -hmm. One step above only people from the VFW, you know what I mean? It was like just yeah. a few people. Well, yeah. It was, it was sort of lame, but at the same time, it was like the best of, it was all, yeah, it was, it was very cool to just hang out. You weren't going to yeah. in there, but it was cool to hang out and learn about stuff. Well, there's another one I can think of that one of the, it's a very big gun shop. It's probably an hour and a half from here and they sponsor it 
help ramrod it. I don't want to say they're the promoter because I don't know that for sure. Uh, but it's at the VFW uh, there in the town where they're at. And they do it. It's still going on. They do it two or three times a year. Now, it's two or three times the size of the little show I'm talking about. Still not a huge show by any means, any stretch of the imagination. Um, but um, it still has a fairly small feeling. And, and there's not a lot of dealers. Some of the similarities of the smaller show, right? And those can be those can be fun, too. Now, that's three times as far away as the show I was talking about. So, you know, considerably more drive time and, and other things. But. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 big shows like Tulsa. The beautiful thing about Tulsa, and this is one of the, you know, it boggles my mind the people that make the Tulsa show, and then complain about prices. And it's like, why are you focused on that kind of stuff? Like, why not? You're at the largest gun show in the world. I can remember a Tulsa original Colt Walkers. There's only like thirty known to exist in the entire world. And I can remember, what was it, 12, 15, 18? I don't even remember. But out of the 30 that exist in the entire world, around half or maybe a little more of them were at that show. And it's like just little things like that. If you're not into older revolvers or you're not into Wild West, if you're not, you know, I get it. You wouldn't know that, right? And, And so you wouldn't be impressed or that wouldn't be a cool thing to you. And I understand. But my point is there are things besides prices and what can I buy and all of this other things, there's more of a point to going to a gun show for me, right? Then I'm going to go to the gun show and I hope I find a bunch of deals and come home with a bunch of stuff. That's one aspect. Okay. It's, it's respectable. I don't have a problem. Well, Um, that helps you pay for the show too. If you're paying for travel, if you're paying for just entrance fees, that helps you dollar cost into it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also getting to see things a lot of times and, 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 realizing like when i did that time at tulsa i'm like holy crap like like what are the odds that that half of every one of these that exist are i'm actually able to look at them right now like that's crazy i don't have to travel to museums and other things right like they're right here i can see them on a table it's amazing and as you go each year you notice that y'all you'll you know your perception will be like oh there's more of them than last year there's less than last year oh yeah yeah so then that gives you that finger on the pulse that's hard to describe and that's one of a million different things like just the number of booths that have like handcuff stuff or civil war stuff or Mm -hmm. police car stuff or just the different things you might be paying attention to that helps you figure out where the industry's at where the right you know is this stuff coming out of people's closets or is this stuff you know, well, is everybody selling or is everybody buying? Or take, or take, I know this is one in Tulsa and it doesn't just apply to Tulsa, but you know, any show that I go to is a similar way. Like I know in Tulsa, I know downstairs, you know, the military surplus guy is one that you always frequent that and, and usually pick up stuff there. Right. And a lot of people do. Um, I've never bought anything from down there, but I always go down there and walk through that and take a look because they've just got so much stuff. That is interesting to look at. You're crazy not to buy stuff because almost everything there is. Half I'm sure it is, but they're like, do I need it? Do I have a need for it? You don't know what you need until like, you have a bunch uh, of this stuff. What kind of life do you live when you only true. have what you need all the time? That's, that's probably that's probably true. It's like a, that's why Star Trek is so boring because they only. Well, have I'm just what saying they need. It, it's still fun to look at. You know what I mean? Regardless, like all the variety, and it's like, oh, I didn't know that exists, or I didn't know they made something like this. And there's a lot of cool things like that that can be found. And how many people just walk by those types of things and they go, oh, it's just a bunch of old milk syrup junk, and they walk by, and it's like, 
yeah, walk through that every now and then and take a look. You might find something that's really cool that you didn't know exists or whatever. And that's great, not just for, for you knowing and the excitement of, oh, wow, that's new and that's cool. And I've you know, never seen that before. But, you know, what happens when, you know, you're there with a group of people that you know, right? And like G-Webs is there, for example, and then he mentions something. And I can go, hey, the guy downstairs, that table or that over there in that corner, you know, go check that person out or that guy out, right? And it's not anything necessarily I was interested in purchasing. I just thought it was cool. But because I was paying attention and actually looking at things, now I can send G-Webs over there to pick up whatever it is because he's ready to buy. He's ready to spend money on that stuff. So I can send you over there and, you know, keep you for that saves you search time. And now you can spend that search time looking at other cool stuff or whatever. So there's, there's benefits to it. Yeah. So if I had to answer the best experience, I've been going to shows my whole life. So I've got a zillion good experiences. And then I was on the road for many years, uh, you know, through a crowdfunded adventure of going to gun shows. We call this thing. Well, I guess my shows is the daily gun show uh, called the tour, the, the gun show loophole tour. So, you know, I'm all about gun shows. So I, it'd be difficult to come up with the best experience, but at the top of that list is going to be the Wanamaker experiences where uh, at the time when gun channels was going. And even though, you know, my goal with gun channels was different because we didn't really have a goal when we started and it kind of adapted with the, uh, what we you know what we had at gun channels uh my ultimate goal would have been to have sort of a content creator centric community and that's what wanamaker was essentially there was some people that just went to hang out but pretty much everybody that was spending that kind of scratch to get there was hoping to either recuperate their investment or uh invest in their channel or their project and people had different levels of success with that and different you know levels of ambition and and drive and you know, getting a bunch of people that were working together collaboratively. Uh, and then even though I wasn't able to participate at everyone, cause it's costly to drive that 1600 miles or whatever, every time, uh, knowing that that kept going, that, that was pretty freaking awesome. So I'd say it was probably one of those years where we had a table and a bunch of us were there and, uh, you know, just got a lot accomplished uh, individually. And then, you know, kind of cementing the traditions or the, whatever you call that, like, I guess, tradition, right? The, like, you know, the, the, what we were doing and, and also doing that with the promoter. I mean, we weren't just doing that. And then being at the show, we were doing that in collaboration and that was Clover's doing. And, uh, uh, I guess, uh, continual, uh, effort to keep that thing going. But I think that was all worth it. And that was Part probably my, you know, after the whole, lifetime of going to gun shows i'm not going to say that's the pinnacle because i'm certainly not done and gun shows aren't done in fact there's i've got you know a couple of things actually that are out happening right now that might be gun show related but um up to this point i'd say that was some of the more awesome experience at a gun show is just the you know having being part of a group that had so much roots and you know uh, interaction with the show for so long in such you know a giant show and then again having the like gun channels layer to it and that was probably my favorite stuff yeah it breaks my heart a little bit i didn't make it this last time but it's you know it's bound to happen eventually yeah so uh i think we hit all the questions and if we didn't we got them for next time. So we're right about 90 minutes. What do you got coming up? You 
pretty much taking the time off because you're driving around for another vacation? Yeah, we'll leave out tomorrow morning, headed that way. So uh gonna take the route to uh Birmingham and then up through Tennessee and Kentucky and up. Gonna go that way going, coming back. I I don't even know which way we're gonna go, but uh my wife needs to check off some states. So going that way going will will get her some states she's never been through. So we're gonna go that way and that's kinda what we were Talking about a little bit earlier when you were talking about taking your time coming back and all that. So for going and coming back, that's my wife and I like to road trip anyway. So that's, you know, that's more a thing for us than it is, hey, I'm going to do this for content creation or, you know, whatever. Um, so something working we, we is our call and they import the Styrogs and uh, all these fancy uh, African hunting rifles. What is? Car call. So they import the Styrogs and uh -huh. the car call pistol. It was like a weird, you know, that triangle sights on top. What about them? They're in Birmingham. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of companies in, in We stopped right there one one that one morning and on the way on our trip in twelve. Yeah, I when thought about thought about trying to make that primary arms range day, but uh, that's going to be tough and potentially put a damper on the, you know, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I've never been to that one, so I don't know what to expect. Oh, is that at the NRA thing, like in Nashville? Yes, the day before. Yeah, it's on Thursday, and it's only from like noon to four or something. So stop, is it an indoor range or outdoor? I think it's an outdoor range. Yeah, pretty sure. Um somewhere i think south maybe a little bit south of indianapolis um on a range so it thought about making that i mean it, it's it's possible but it's gonna kind of gonna be pushing it and i don't really want to do that all those companies obviously are going to be at nra like at the end of the day how much trigger time do you need we just come off a shot show in the range day there i've, I've looked at the you know, it's not a massive amount of companies that are going to be at that range day. And any of the ones that I work with or am interested in, you know, I've already experienced the products and other things. Either I have them in hand already here or, you know, I did it at range day at SHOT Show. So let's um, just say that somebody's a content creator and they've gone to a bunch of different outdoor events. Does that make them more or less valuable to the people they work with? when they've experienced and seen these outdoor events, all you got to do is show up to experience the event and I'm be able to put it in the Rolodex, you know, in a level. Okay. It's bigger than that one. Oh, it's a, than that yeah. One. Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, it's a great opportunity, especially for those that haven't made shot show that haven't made, you know, other range style events. Excellent opportunity. I'm, I'm not knocking it at all. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just well, saying, as far I'm as just saying that I'm trying to get you to go because even if you don't go there and experience it and spend eight hours I, there, I get you can go there and say, okay, now I've been here. I get that, but do I go for four hours? That no, be go for an hour. Go for fifteen minutes. Just, as long as you've been there, now you can literally That's go. True. Okay, I know where it is, and I've been there. You don't have you. You have to go no. talk to everybody to That's see what true. the booth is like. That's no, true. You can see what the event's like, and yeah. you know how far it is. You know how much effort people put in to go there. That's all I'm saying is literally being there. Uh, if it's not like a massive strain on the schedule, especially if you know you're just going to tag it, tag it, um, include it in your list because now you can say I've been there. 
again, you know, if you went there for two hours or you went there for seven hours, would you make a differentiation? You know, yeah. you've been there. So that's all I'm saying. Once you've been to a bunch of events, add it to your inventory because you don't need to experience the whole thing to understand it. And you'll understand a lot better having been there than just knowing that it existed. Right. But anyway. Um, again, I have no idea. But, but since you said it there, I was like, oh, well, that seems like a no-brainer. Like, at least tag it. At least be there. On the other hand, you're driving with your wife and trying to live life. So have a good road trip and experience there. But then I'll yeah, say, right. I hope you're doing some kind of restaurant <laughs> reviews at this point. Right. Our reviews. Jeez. Even if you did... Uh, gas station reviews you'd probably make some right with your while yeah g's always trying to give people extra work he's good at that well since you're doing it anyway might as well <laughs> you know driving all the way up there uh all right with that though we'll uh say hey to chris uh weston and you said it's like a museum where you can handle and buy some of the stuff for sure uh, like a museum where the person knows about this stuff. I mean, it's possible that you'll walk up to the table when that person's at the bathroom or eating lunch or something, or that somebody's selling something that their dad left them in the state sale or an estate thing or something, but, you know, so they don't know about it. But most of the time, it's a person at the table knows way more about the stuff they're talking about or stuff at their table than a museum person's going to, you know, know a little slice about everything in their museum. They'll probably be super interested in a few things, but yeah, the the ratio of interest and knowledge to the stuff in front of them, pretty high at a gun show. All right. Well, with that, we're wrapping this one up. And let's see, we're going to recommend you head over to Cape Gunworks, who does the uh, 2A Tuesday segment of the Grace Curley show every Tuesday. So Grace Curley is a radio show in Boston and kind of a big popular radio show up there. They had Toby on from... Cape Gunworks to do a gun segment, I think literally just to do a gun segment one time. And it was so popular that they've been doing it for years every Tuesday. So Grace Curley takes 45 minutes of her show every Tuesday and uh, invites Toby on and they bring uh, callers on who listen to the show. And those of us who watch on YouTube have a good time because in the breaks and before the show, a little bit after the show, Toby will usually interact with people on YouTube, answering questions or whatever. And then we sort of all uh, guess on how many calls are going to come in that day. Some days it's pretty easy to figure it out. You know, if there's big breaking news or something, other days it's uh, more of a crapshoot, a lot of fun. So we definitely encourage it. Uh, Rapid Fire is the name of the show. It's also Rapid Fire Radio Network. They're the host of a new network that's uh, in the midst of come into life that's uh, focused on uh, what the kind of stuff we're talking about, uh, getting the word out, uh, focused on the community. Uh, uh, what's the, what am I trying to say? Like, uh, what am I trying to say? That we're, it's a network that's uh, focused on, on guns and the community and content creators that are growing, I guess. So it's not a, a typical network, and hopefully uh, you'll see a lot come out of that. Yep. Right on. So with that, we'll, uh, I'm going to throw a commercial up for our – oh, man, I didn't have my banner going at the bottom here. I want to thank our Patreons, the people that uh, subscribe to our projects. Clover's got a Patreon. We've got a Patreon. A bunch of other people that we've chatted with in the uh, comments today. 
have Patreons. It's a way for you to uh, subscribe to things that you find value in. And it is what makes it possible for us to, to put these shows out on a regular basis. But more importantly, it lets us keep our websites up there, which are doing our heavy lifting. Uh, they're the resources that uh, are out there for people that are looking for them. But in my opinion, I don't know, maybe have a discussion about this sometime. I put the websites out there really for the engines, for the search engines and now the AIs that are using the different resources online to decide answers to questions, right? So socials and stuff are taken with a grain of salt because they know that's just a bunch of banter. But stuff that's written on websites is typically you know, indexed and archived as a resource. So uh, we really appreciate the people that subscribe to what we do because it pays for the, those, the servers, it pays for the software that's out there and the time that it takes to keep those things uh, useful and act in running. So uh, thanks again to those patrons. We do not take that lightly. It pays for a lot of uh, those costs and uh, like background stuff. All right, so we're gonna put a thing up for our store. I wanna thank Foss. Uh, too early for him to show up in these live chats, but uh, he's the creative genius behind the, most of our commercials here. And uh, encourage you to check out our your website store. <laughs>